Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 28. After our weekly segments, we are going to talk about boundaries. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all of our resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Hello, Andrea. Hey, Beth. How are you doing? I'm a little tired today. Um, we, My daughter, in the middle of the night last night, and it was one of those nights that we're like, you know what? We took her to the bathroom at like midnight. She's, she'll be fine the rest of the night. And then at 2.30, I hear, Mommy! Mm. <laughs> so I go in, and she says, Mommy, can you stay with me? And oh, it's just the sweetest thing. And yeah. so I laid on the floor next to her, and I wasn't close enough, so I had to lay closer. <laughs> oh. I, was, I was like, I have to go potty and get my, and I'm going to get my pillow, and then I'll be back. Can, can I come with you? Oh, that's so sweet. So I said, oh. Do you want to just sleep in, sleep in mommy and daddy's bed? Yeah, I'll bring my stuff. Oh, cute. <laughs> And typically right now with pregnancy, I have this whole like U-shaped pillow, so it so I don't have to bring the pillow with me when I roll over. Mm -hmm. And it's also a really nice protection for like her kicking legs. But somehow she got inside. We call it the castle. She got Uh. inside the castle. (laughs) 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 Like like literally have like maybe a foot of room in our king side bed because of how close she is to me. Um, but it, it, those moments are so, so sweet that they don't mm-hmm. happen that often once in a while of like, she couldn't quite get it out. I think she had a bad dream. Mm-hmm. She then told totally. me this morning it was a bad dream about bugs. Oh, she has a quite, quite the that fear of scary. Bugs. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'll blame her. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a little tired today, but otherwise I feel good. How are you doing? Yeah. I'm a little tired as well. Uh, Remy was up early. Um, I totally had one of those moments the other night, too, because normally it's like once I settle him, I put him back in his crib because if I hold him, he just is like looking around the room and like reaching for things. Like he doesn't really like settle down on me. But the other night he was just like so cuddly on my shoulder. So he like sat there for like 40 minutes while he just like laid on me. I was like, okay, I need to go to bed. But it's just like, yeah, it's so sweet when they cuddle you. It's like the best thing ever. Um, But yeah, no, other than that, I'm, I'm good. He's just... He's been sleeping really well, like, through the night. He just wakes up at, like, 5.30. <laughs> and that's really early. Yeah. You know, I know people that get up that early for work. I know. We don't have to in our house, so my child waking up that early, it would be a rough day. Yeah. Well, it happens, like, once every every couple of months, and, and it is. It's a rough day. Yeah. So. Oh, we're getting through it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our real mom, real mom moment of the week because we're real moms and we have no desire to be perfect. Andrea, what's your real mom moment this week? Mine, I would say this is a real mom moment like every weekend. Both my husband and I have been doing this. We get Remy up and, you know, change his diaper and stuff because he's like, yeah, up at 530 or 6. 
And then we'll take him into bed with us and we'll like be playing with him. But it's inevitable after like 10 minutes, he's like, all right, get me out of bed. And he like, you know, takes himself out of bed. And then we just like let him run all over the house. Like we just hear him pitter pattering back and forth. Like no idea what he's doing at the time. But like our house is pretty much childproof at this point. Like there's really nothing that he can get into, you know, as long as we put everything away the the night before. Every now and then he comes up with, like, you know, the other day he, like, chewed some toilet paper, and I was like, oops, like, he, like, pulled, he's getting taller, so he, like, pulled it off the counter. (laughs) But it's like, I'm like, you know what, I probably should be watching him a lot more, but he checks in, we see him running by, we've got to see what he has in his hand, or my husband, I can't, I can't, because I don't have my glasses on, I'm blind, so I'm like, I have no idea what you have, child. (laughs) kind of check in with my husband we're like all right he's good <laughs> all right we still hear him pitter battering he's he's alive we're good <laughs> so that's mine <laughs> i feel like that's being a parent um and he's still so young we started allowing my daughter to use like an ipad or that kind of thing mm-hmm. around two so that is we don't tend to use it as for for many things but some if she's up really early and we're just like we want to lay in bed it's like you go play play your word game on uh on mommy and daddy's phone or go grab your <laughs> ipad which is you know 10 years old at this point that we i was like let's save it just in case we have a kid someday smart <laughs> and um works pretty well for her but uh yeah so i feel yeah <laughs> so my real mom moment is just I kind of a I'm gonna do a little a little wrist lap for this one because last week I gave the tip of getting a regular exercise routine, and literally the next day the exercise routine that I have kind of designed for myself that I do, it's mostly on my back and all of a sudden laying on my back is like it makes me so short of breath mm. and um. You know, there, there's always this, like, little, you know, you're not supposed to lay in your back for too long when you're pregnant, but the caveat is, well, your body will tell you when it's been too long. If you get short of breath or if you, you, you just don't feel good, get up, just move. And I used to be able to lay there for, you know, my exercise taking me maybe six minutes, and now I'm there for, like, 15 to 30 seconds, and I'm like, <sighs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I haven't been doing them, and it's not that hard to, like, change them into hands and knees exercises or sideline exercises. A lot of them are sideline anyway, but I have not been doing them because I just, like, my regular ones are not working. So that is my sort of goal for the week of just... It's this like real person of the week instead of mom moment, but mm-hmm. I'm saying it mom because it has to do with pregnancy. You're um, a mom, so therefore every moment counts <laughs> as a mom moment. That's right. So so that's my like I wanna grow and, and, and improve on this next week. For sure. It's so funny like how little things like that can totally just throw us off. I feel like for me it's like I would never be able to get started unless it's like I sat down separately and then was like okay, what are my new exercises going to be, you know, and, and plan it out. Cause otherwise I'd get down and be like, Oh, I don't know what to do. Okay. I give up. <laughs> yeah. And like, I've been doing yeah. the same routine more or less with like a few variable changes, depending mm-hmm. on how I feel for like years. Yeah. <laughs> like so. the same exercises that I just do over and over again. So I don't have to think about it. We talked about routines last mm-hmm. week. It was my routine that I just know and do, and it's good to go. And um, totally. So, yeah, I have, just have to create a new routine, and it's not that hard to do, you know. And I just have to do it. You got this, Beth. 
<laughs> Thanks. Yep. All right. Let's move on to our tip of the week. What is your tip of the week this week? All right. Mine is using chores or things to help out as an activity whenever possible. And this probably applies to look more so to younger kids, I'm sure. But um, I've been really just trying to involve Remy more on like little things that we do. So it's like I'm filling up like we have a water filter that sits on our counter. So it's like rather than just fill it up myself, it's like I pick him up. And I let him turn on the water and I let him open up the top and put it back on or I let him like fill up my water bottle. Um, it's like if I'm washing dishes, I'll bring him up to the sink and his little like standy thing and let him help turn on the water and stuff. And it's like, yeah, everything takes about like 5,000 times longer, but half the time otherwise, I mean, if he's like totally engrossed in an activity, I'm not going to like take him out of his activity. Right. But if he's like kind of being clingy or like wanting my attention and I need to just get these little things done, it's like, I found if I just involve him in it, one, he's super happy. Oh my God. He is like so happy to help out. It's like the cutest thing ever. And I get the chore done and he's entertained at the same time. So it's like, who cares that the chore took longer? Like, my child is entertained and it got done. So I don't know. It's been really helpful and just really cute to see. It's just like little things. It's like I give him this bib and he'll like now go run over and like throw it in like the laundry hamper. He's now also thrown other things in the laundry hamper, but like that's okay. Like I feel like this is all, you know, set in stage for him to help out more when he's older. I love it. And uh, we did similar things. And now like this morning, I my daughter's like, hey, mom, come here. And she goes, I'm doing laundry. And she's pulling the dry laundry that I finished last night because she wanted the dresses that we had to wash some dresses. She's pulling it into the laundry basket. She's like, I'm just trying to figure out what dress to wear today. I mean, Aww. she's not even four yet. That's awesome. So absolutely, starting now, she loves to match the silverware, put that away. That's a really good early activity for kids mm-hmm. to do because you're We've like, that. it's like yeah. puzzles and she we dump all of our clothes when we fold on the bed and she mm-hmm. dives into the pile and finds sock matches oh my gosh that's awesome and it takes her about as long as it takes us to fold almost all the other clothes uh-huh. so it's it's awesome and they're because like the last thing they want you to be like sorry honey i've got to do the dishes or sorry mm-hmm. i gotta do the laundry when they just really want to be with you they don't actually care about the game that they're playing they just want mm-hmm. to, to be with you and now She's excitedly telling me that she's doing the laundry. I mean, I'll check back in about nine years and I'll tell you if she's still excited about having to do the laundry. But maybe. And whatever. If it gives you nine years of her helping doing the laundry, who cares what it's like in nine years, right? (laughs) Deal with that when that comes. Seriously, I take 24 hours at a time here. Exactly, yeah. No, it's been so much fun and it's like so cute how excited he is. So, yeah. So my, what is yours? Yeah. My tip of the week, it's a little bit um a little bit more serious, a little bit more mellow, but I just felt like I really needed to talk about it. I know that this is gonna air about a month after um the the suicides of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, but I was over I overheard a conversation right after um we found out about Kate Spade of someone saying, I can't believe someone like that. She had it all. And it, that just comment made me cringe because you have no idea what someone else's life is. And we, we sort of think that with social media, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all these things that we have a window into people's lives. 
But you don't. I mean, you kind of do, but it's a definitely a rose-colored window because mm-hmm. I'm not going to post, well, depending on the kind of person, Like, but you're not necessarily going to post your lowest of the lows on social media. You mm-hmm. might if that's something that you're trying to bring awareness to or you're trying to get through or that kind of thing. But for the most part... We post the good stuff. We post Mm -hmm. the stuff that we want to celebrate, that we want to share, that we're excited about. And I just want to remind everyone that you cannot compare your life to someone's social media life. Even to someone's real, like, if you've got a close friend and you're comparing their lives, I mean, no matter how close you are to a person, you don't know what happens for them behind closed doors, you know, in their own home, in their own privacy, that it just, you really can't compare your life to someone else. And you, there, in my opinion, there's no such thing as having it all. Because for me, life is about growth. So if I ever got to the point where I had it all, where would I go from there? So there's, there's no such thing as that. There's always a place to go. And just because someone might be famous or more successful in your eyes than you are, that doesn't mean that their life is in one way or another better than yours. And just kind of as a reminder, if you feel like you're down, we've had some episodes on depression and getting help and that kind of thing, just as a reminder to seek help and seek support and just stop comparing your life to someone else. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that brings up such a good point. And I actually had a conversation similar to my client who she was kind of upset with some of her friends who were saying like, Oh, you have no business complaining when she was like having a bad day. She's like, I see your post. You're always out doing things and having so much fun. And I was, and she was like, you know, it's really upsetting that like my friends don't even get, you know, what's going on in my head. But she's like, I only have certain people I choose to share things with. And I totally agree. And honestly, and actually it kind of comes up really timely with this episode today is because it's really not, healthy to be airing out your dirty, like, you're not your dirty laundry, but like your, your kind of like the depths of your mind on social media. Like if somebody is doing that, that is, I mean, that's definitely a sign that like you should, you know, hopefully they're reaching out for help or maybe someone is reaching out to them, but like, that's not the, that's not a, I would say that's not the most, the healthiest way to be going about it. That's, you know, if, if you're doing that, then I really encourage you to reach out for help from a professional. Um, because unfortunately, I think like people just scrolling through Facebook, they're not the ones who are like necessarily equipped to help you. Um, hopefully someone is reaching out, but it's you know not the most effective way. And so, yeah, just because someone's not putting their bad stuff on social media does not mean you know what's going on in their life. And, and I think that's a very healthy boundary to have that you're not just like dumping it all on everyone. So I just, yeah, I just completely agree. And I want to like emphasize that it's a healthy thing not to be like posting all the bad stuff on social media. Like this is not to say you should be going and like being like, well, let me make it so I'm more of a real person and post bad things too. Like, no, if you don't want to, don't. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree. I think that's a really great thing to bring up. So thank you, Beth. <laughs> problem and because we you just kind of started talking about it we are going to talk about boundaries today a lot of us as parents we are pretty good at setting boundaries for our children and knowing kind of like hey this is what we do and this is what we can't do and this is you know foods foods that we can eat foods that we restrict a little bit or limit or maybe limit before bedtime things like that but 
there's a whole nother side of boundaries about setting kind of boundaries for ourselves. And that's what Andrew and I wanted to talk about today. So go ahead. All right. So I wanted to first list off some signs of healthy boundaries. And so you might find as you're listening through these, like that some of them absolutely apply to you and then some of them don't. There's no like, you know, you don't have to have every single one of these on the list. Um, It's not. Yeah. So some signs are being able to say no without guilt. And that also means that you're saying yes, because you want to and not out of obligation. Um, That also tends to go along with that you're behaving according to your own values and beliefs. Um, Another one is that you're asking for what you want and what you need and that you're taking care of yourself. Um, you're um, You're feeling safe to express difficult emotions or beliefs or even needs and wants. Uh, that you feel supported to pursue your own goals, that you are being treated as an equal, that you are taking responsibility for your own happiness and also listening to your own feelings. And the last one is a big one, I think. It's not taking responsibility for other people's happiness and feelings. So these boundaries are all ones that you know, again, you can also fluctuate. It's like sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. With some people you do, with some people you don't. And I think as moms, the not taking responsibility for other people's feelings is a really, really common one. Also taking care of ourselves and like being able to say no. That's like half of them right there. But I think these are all really, really common ones I see in my clients. And I've struggled with myself and still struggle with in in many situations. Um, It's, And I think it it comes back to our kids too. Like we're also not responsible for like their feelings ultimately, especially as they're getting older. Um, All we can do is manage our own reactions to them. Uh, Do you have anything to say on on those at all, Beth? Well, the only thing I wanted to add is, you know, we're talking about boundaries. I think that the other word that I kind of want to throw in there is knowing your limitations. Mm -hmm. So I'm a very uh, metaphorical person. So, you know, I'm thinking about... You know, we're going on a hike. Where the the boundary? Like, well, what is the limit of where you can go? How far can you go? How far can you can you push yourself? And that's a kind of about knowing yourself. So it's really hard to set boundaries for yourself if you don't know who you are or you don't mm-hmm. know what you can handle. And that comes from a lot of trial and error. So, you know, I think that it's important that that list. There was a couple on those lists. I was like, oh, I'm not good at that one. Oh, that one's not great for me either. So knowing that that's an area of struggle that you may need to test and figure out, oh, this is a boundary. I need this is this is where I need to to learn a little bit more is is really important. Yes, definitely. And I want to let's maybe it might help to give some examples of like signs that your boundaries are being broken. Um, Because I think sometimes like for me, I know when I first heard boundaries, I was like, you talking about like I don't have boundary issues and then and then it turned out I had a lot of boundary issues (laughs) once I learned more about it so some examples are you find yourself blaming yourself for things going wrong like if I just did this and this would happen if I could just go to bed earlier then you know I could wake up early if I could just exercise more then I would lose more weight if I could just eat better like those are actually all signs of boundary issues Um, and they they can honestly even be boundary issues with yourself um, just feeling shame for something. So I think this is another common mom one. Like if someone is saying something about your parenting style or something like that, like that's 
them and you feel very shameful for it, they're kind of crossing a boundary with you and you're having trouble like pushing back on that own boundary. Um, so while you can't ever predict or be responsible for what someone's going to say, you can be responsible for that like barrier and your response back that you put up. And so um, other signs are as if you're doubting your decisions a lot, like you really find yourself waffling in your head about your choices that you've made or where you are, you're kind of feeling a lot of regret in your life about how things are going. Those are usually signs of boundary issues. Like, you know, one of the boundaries was, you know, feeling like an equal. So sometimes I think that one can come up if you're at a job or even in your partnership with your spouse, if you're married, um, you might feel really like resentful or regretful of where you are if you're not being treated like an equal. Um, just an overall sense that something's off. Like you're just like, I just don't really feel good. Um, you're kind of in a down state a lot, you know, kind of, you know, I think depression and boundaries can go together. Um, obviously they're kind of, they're separate things, but I think you can absolutely feel like depressed because boundaries are being crossed a lot. Um, your decision is being ignored. So like, Again, this probably goes back to more like your relationship with other people, but it's like if you make a decision, like even little ones, like, hey, I want to eat this tonight. And it's kind of constantly being like, no, we're going to eat this. Like that's a boundary that's not being respected. Like you're not being treated as an equal. Um, and then another one is justifying someone else's bad behavior. Um, so that one can be seen in relationships a lot. Like, well, you know, um, such and such only treats me like that because he's really stressed or he's just having a really bad day. So like, I just need to, you know, tiptoe around him. So, you know, stuff like that is, is definitely boundary issues. Um, or even at work, it's like, well, he's just really rude because this is going on. So like justifying that behavior towards yourself as something of that person is your own boundaries being crossed. And again, you can't change that person, person's actions or behaviors necessarily, but you can change your own reaction and response to them. How does that sound, Beth? That sounds great. And I wanted to add on that last point. Um, you, you made that you can't change how that, that first person, uh, is, their actions. But really, a lot of times, if your response is different, it does eventually trickle down to changing their actions. I mean, we, I, my husband and I come across this uh, quite a bit because we're both very stubborn people. And so there are times that, you know, we'll have a disagreement and we will butt heads. And depending on how I react to it or he reacts to it, changes like the whole sentiment of the situation. And all of a sudden, this moment where, you know, my tone of voice wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be. Maybe it was because, you know, we'll make some excuses here. And then maybe it was because I was tired or oh, I thought too quickly about what he said and I just put meaning into what he was saying that wasn't there. And that changes this whole, you know, argument or disagreement. Whereas then I have to step back and be like, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't mean it like that. Let me, let me try to rephrase. I'm sorry. Let's, let's start over. So while you can't directly change someone's actions, I think changing your response to those actions is it can, can have a, an ultimate trickle down effect. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
I'm glad you clarified that, and I, and I yeah, probably didn't say that the best. I meant, like, in that moment, like, they've already said that, right? And so, but yes, absolutely. Like, how, so, like, let's say someone at work is constantly rude to you, and they give you crap. It's like, yes, by changing, by not taking it, basically, by setting up your own clear boundary that you will, you do not deserve to be treated that way, that absolutely can change their behavior over time. Or, I mean, gets them reported to management, and they, you know have to change their behavior for other reasons. It's like, the point is, is you're not going to, you don't have to take up, you know, like put up with crap just because, you know, someone else is like, oh, well, they're, you know, higher up than me or they're this person, you know, that's just how they are. Like, no, no, no. Like that does not give you, give them the right to treat you worse than you deserve to be treated, which everybody deserves to be treated amazingly. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that that covers some really great information on boundaries. I think the only last thing I'd like to touch on is sort of, well, if your boundaries aren't where you want them to be or where are they're healthy, what are some steps that we can take to, to make them a little bit healthier? And my first step, and this is something that I've been working on a lot more, and I think I discussed it maybe during our me time last week, is making decisions of just yes, like we're talking just yes and no decisions. Now, Yes and no, it's like black and white. Either yes, I'm going to do this, or no, I'm not, or yes, I want this for dinner, or no, I don't. They're very firm, clear decisions, and they are sometimes really challenging to make, and we hem and haw over them, and it's like, well, we start to think about other people, or you know, we're sort of thinking about ourselves, but not enough, but we don't want to be thinking about ourselves too much. I think just trying to go with that first yes-no gut instinct for a couple of days in a row can be a really nice way to start setting up some boundaries for yourself. It's like, well, my first reaction is, no, I really don't want to do that. Then say no. Don't think any more about it. No one's going to judge you for it. And just just do it. Or it's like, well, I kind of want to, but... Oh, was, you know, maybe it's a girl's night. My, I want to, but can my, my husband do this with that? Just, you kind of want to. Got it. Make sure, you know, hus- you know, partner, spouse, whatever. Hey, I want to do this this night. Are you available to watch the kid? No, let's hire a babysitter. Let's do it. So that's just, I think that that's the first step in it. What, what else do you have? Oh, I love that. Um, I definitely think... You have to be able to like identify yeah the boundary issues in the first place, and to even do that sometimes you have to be able to and we'll talk about this next week, so I'm not gonna go into this at all right now this week. I'm just gonna say it um so listen next week for more details on that um is you really have to be able to feel in your own body when something is off, and so we'll be talking about connecting to your own body at least I think that's our topic. Let's make that our topic for next week if it's not <laughs> um. But you really have to be able to have that feeling because that I think that was what was really hard for me is I would be like, well, I don't really know if I want to do this. Like, I really have no idea if I want what type of food I want. You know what I mean? I was like that person who could never make any decisions because I like truly like like Beth said, you have to know who you are. And I really struggled with that. And I still am struggling with that. I'm still working on that for sure. Um, but it's just, yeah, I love that gut instinct of being like, OK, what do I feel? And so I think the, the more you connect in with your body, the more you can feel that feeling and recognize that feeling. So that's number one, just being like, hmm, something feels off or like, 
maybe you just have that kind of sense of dread every time in like in a certain scenario. So every time you're like walking by this person at work or like right when your husband is coming home from work, you kind of have that sense of like, okay, is everything, you know, right? Like is, you know, is dinner sad and whatnot? And um, so just identifying that, being like, hmm, what is that really about? Because sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it might be a really big deal and sometimes it's just something that needs to be addressed and it's really not a big deal um, once it's addressed. And so one, identifying the boundary is absolutely key. And then two, figuring out what you can do to start shifting it. Oftentimes, I think for moms um, and women in general, like starting to say no is is a great one. So saying no, like Beth said, to things that you just don't want to do or you're doing because you think you should be doing. So like someone from the PTA is like, hey, can you make, you know, extra brownies for the thing tonight? And you're just like, no, I can't. Actually, I have other things going on. Like that is way too much for my schedule. I can't. And you know what? Nine times out of 10, like they'll probably be like, oh, okay, I'll just ask someone else. Like it's not a big deal. Um, We usually make it saying no a big deal. And the more just no you can say, be like, no, no, I can't do that right now. Usually the better off you are. The more you explain and justify, usually the worse it is. Um, So once you start saying no to things, you clear up your schedule, hopefully a little bit, you clear up some of your own mental clutter. And I think the more you can do that, the more you can start getting back in touch with yourself and recognizing other areas. So I would say just start saying no when you can. I think the um, the other thing that I want to add, because we talked a little bit about the social media aspect earlier, the other way to be aware of healthy boundaries is knowing your triggers. So, and we, you know, there are definitely things there, you know, yeah, well, I want to follow this fitness person because they're motivating, but are they really motivating? Are they posting those pictures that are triggering you to make you kind of feel negatively about yourself? Or are you following people that, I don't know, I don't see it so much anymore. I feel like when, like Facebook, when I was in college and Facebook was first coming out, you'd have people post like, Oh, such a terrible day. And they wouldn't give any details. And then there would be 30 people that would be like, what's wrong? I don't want to talk about it online. And it's like, just that's just not healthy interactions or people to follow. And there are so many ways to sort of, there's this whole like unfollow for 30 days post or option on Facebook, which is kind of nice if you're starting to see that. And it's like, you know what, this is, I don't want to unfriend them or totally unfollow them, but let me take a break from them and see if this helps. If you can turn off social media, great. If that's something that you want to do, I tend to enjoy it to keep in touch with people, but I know my, I know my boundaries and limitations with it. I know that I don't sit there and do infinity scroll anymore. I used to. It's but I spend, you know, I give myself five to ten minutes. I look through maybe two to three times a day. You know, it's usually when in relation to when I'm trying to post something for the business or, you know, sometimes I do a little personal posting as well. But just being with that social media and also with, with friends and people in your life too, knowing the friends that bring you up and there are friends that bring you down. And that doesn't mean that all the friends that you have have to be like crazy optimistic, but you just need to think about how you feel after you spend time with them. If you are feeling generally pretty good about yourself after you spend time with them, 
spend, yeah, spend more time with them. If every time you see them, you're just like, oh, that was so draining, then maybe you want to see them a little bit less and save time for the friends that make you feel better. And hopefully those are mutual feelings that you're making your friends feel better and they're making you feel better. And then you walk away from socializing with, with a little bit of a high. I, yeah, I think that's such a great point. I think there's a, like a quote that it's like, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so there's a big difference between, you know, having a very serious and, you know, maybe deep conversation, maybe sad conversation with a friend that's productive um, or, you know, they need to vent and, you know, something really bad happened and they need to talk about it. Right. But like you can still come out of those conversations feeling like really close and connected with someone. Um, and maybe you are, yeah, maybe you're not in the best mood after that, but you have that like sense of connection versus like that person who, you know, they, they're not moving, they're stuck where they are. They're not moving forward in their life and no amount of talking or things is changing their situation and they're not willing to make the changes. And it's like, you've tried and you've been there. I'm sure we've all had that person. It's like, you've tried to talk to them and it's like, it's kind of pointless now. So now all, now all that's happening is they're just kind of venting on you and you're like I I got nothing because nothing you know nothing is ever changing and it comes down to the other point of you're not responsible for people's happiness um yeah it's it's a really hard situation to be, um, be in I've definitely been there but ultimately you cannot make that decision for somebody to change if you've been there for them um and they're not willing to change it's not your responsibility to be the one to stick around, maybe make sure they have good resources, you know what I mean, do the best, it's not like, you know, leave them high and dry, but like, do what you can to feel good about the situation in terms of making sure they have maybe some other support or some other resources to turn to. Again, it's not your responsibility if they call those resources or follow through with them, but you can provide them. Um, And then, yeah, it might be taking a break from them for some time. And setting up that healthy boundary, honestly, sometimes with someone can be the driver for them to make change. So in in doing that, oftentimes you are being way more useful and helpful to them than just allowing that negative exchange to happen over and over and over and over again, because then nothing really has to change for them. So sometimes, in, in set, honestly, almost all the time in setting up a healthy boundary, you are helping the other person um, grow in some way. And it's usually a positive way. So just wanted to add that little piece in there. Perfect. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, Andrea was correct. We will be chatting about connecting back to our bodies. Follow us on social media for news updates and calls for questions. You can find me Beth at Fix of real eats on Instagram and Facebook and Andrea at Dr. Andrea Moore. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.